Bienvenidos al Estadio Fantasy Podcast, yo soy Mauricio Gutiérrez, analista de Fantasy Fútbol, me encuentro desde Radio Row del Super Bowl 57 para hacer un episodio muy especial, no solo porque se trata de la previa del Super Bowl, sino porque tengo un invitado de lujo. Vale tanto la pena el analista de Fantasy que tengo el día de hoy, que será en inglés, no hay de otra. John Daigle no, es, no habla español, pero habla inglés y lo vamos a hacer en inglés. Como ya oyeron, John Daigle from 444 is an Emmy Fantasy Sports Writer Association Award winner who has been covering NFL and fantasy football for over a decade. He has really good taste for beers. He, he enjoys the same time of, of beers as I do. IPAs, hazy IPAs. Had to, the honor to meet him at the Fantasy Football Expo uh, back in August. And since then, we have been trying to find space in my schedule for recording together. The day finally came. John, welcome to the Stadio Fantasy Podcast. It's my honor. As you said, we've been trying to get together. So I'm glad to finally sit here with you on Super Bowl week, nonetheless. Yeah, I know. I know. When you told me that you were available for a space of 40 for one hour during Super Bowl week, I was like, yeah, it's a perfect moment. We have to do this. And it's also fun seeing you and Radio Row in the background right now. So good for yeah. you. I'm, I'm happy you get to be there with everyone. I unfortunately could not make it this year, but I'm sure we will hook up together sometime this offseason. <laughs> Actually, yesterday or it was Tuesday, I say hi to Denny Carter. And I told him that we were going to record on Thursday. And he was, wait, Johnny's here? I, I will kill him if he didn't tell me that he was going <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, but we will all be yeah. together soon. Of course, man, of course. Speaking about beers, what would you think the best beer for Super Bowl Sunday this uh, season? Well, you, we and I, you and I happen to enjoy the same type of beer, a good yeah, right? hazy IPA. But as you also know, hazy IPAs can get a little dangerous if you start early <laughs> because a lot of them are 8% to 10%. And so... Right. That's not the type of beer I'm starting at noon with. Uh, so personally, I'd go to a, another kind of IPA, a session, a day IPA, one that's roughly four to five percent. And that's the kind of beer I will drink since, as you know, Super Bowl Sunday, all you do is drink beer and eat chips and guac literally all day long. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, play DFS and some profits as well, right? Yeah, and we're going to talk <laughs> about all of those later. Of course. Yeah, totally. And uh, I want to know. What for and when did you win won an Emmy? I didn't knew that. It's a long story, but to shorten it down, since we only have unfortunately only an hour together right now. Yeah. Uh, my my day job before I got on camera with NBC previously, of course, as you mentioned earlier, now I'm with Four for Four Football. Yeah. But I used to be on the road working highlights for sports, and so uh, for instance, okay. Fox. Fox Sports, I lived in L.A., would send me on the road. I lived in Russia for two months for the Men's World Cup. Uh, I lived in Paris for two months for the Women's World Cup during the last round. Um, and our highlight package actually won an Emmy. Uh, so that's why that's why I have it sent to me. And then I, I believe I gave it to my mom, and she has it on the fireplace right now. Uh, because, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. one in a, in a sweeter, somber tone, like she's responsible for – 
all of my success since she supported me for of so course. long. But also how much I've moved around, how much I travel, I was going to lose it. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. So I'll give it to someone more responsible than me. That's the real reason. D double purpose, why your brother has your Emmy. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Cool story, John. Well, after before we start uh, Super Bowl preview, I would like to ask you for fantasy purposes, what for you has been the best coaching signing so far? It's been Sean Payton for me, and I know that's not officially a signing. The Broncos, of course, had to trade for him, and then they used the number 29 overall pick in this year's draft, the same pick they acquired from the Dolphins for Bradley Chubb earlier in the year. So you can basically say the Broncos traded Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton, and I see a lot of people making the argument whether the trade was good or bad, but that's not really the point. Step back no. and look at the big picture view, and the fact is the Broncos had to do this because they're tied to Russell Wilson and the large extension they gave him this offseason. If they don't get Russell Wilson right, that number 29 overall pick didn't matter anyways. Not a single player they were going to take with that selection in the first round was going to alter this team overnight, whereas making Russell Wilson, who you're tied to for at least the next two years because of the extension you gave him, that's the most important aspect. And so not only do we now have a head coach coming in who has more clout, more success in his career than Russell Wilson ever has. We also know that Sean Payton is both a player's coach, so he'll work with Russ. And also he's built around Payton and New Orleans. He looked at his personnel for several years and just said, oh, Jimmy Graham, a tight end is my best player. I'm going to build the offense around him. Oh, Mike Thomas, who you know is one of the best slant runners in the entire NFL, is one of my best players. I'm going to build the offense around him. Oh, now we have this explosive running back, Alvin Kamara. I'm going to build the offense around him. He literally just looks at his personnel and says, I can work with this. How do I feature these guys? And so he's going to make it a friendly offense for Russ that – not only Peyton knows can succeed, but Russ is also comfortable with. And they needed that because right. remember last year, Nathaniel Hackett showed up and told Russ to do whatever he wanted with the offense. Literally let him run practices, and that's not what the Broncos need. So I, I truly believe that Peyton just having the larger voice in the room makes a world of difference for the Broncos this year. Yeah, totally. Uh, I agree. And besides Russell Wilson, who, you, who do you think – It benefits the most. Is this Javonta Williams? Is it Cortland Sutton? Is this Jerry Judy? Can we say we can see again an Albert O hype or not at all? Well, no, remember the last two weeks whenever Nathaniel Hackett got fired, Albert O did come on. Uh, Jerry Judy even showed up to the press conference, I believe, in week 17 after Albert O had a successful day, his first successful day. I believe it was, it was against the Chiefs. Uh, and Jerry Judy said, like, Why hasn't this guy been playing all year? Everyone <laughs> wanted to know because he's yeah. a freak athletic tight end. So I do think I'll be back on Alberto with everyone. We also saw Jerry Judy have a very successful wide receiver two overall closing um, to the last month of the season. So wide receiver 12 to 24, I think we go back to him. And then, yes, I do believe Sean Payton will view Javante Williams as his Alvin Kamara individual. Yeah. Um, I, I do think, though, since Payton always ran a thunder and lightning approach in the backfield in New Orleans, um, you know, it, it's easy to link them together since they have a history together. But remember, Mark Ingram's a free agent. And so I do wonder right. if not only the Broncos and Peyton will go looking for a bruising running back to complement Williams, I do wonder if they just sign Ingram as like their bruising goal line back. But either way, yes, I believe those three, or Alberto, Jerry Judy, and Williams are going to be the three featured players next year. 
Awesome, Yin. And speaking about what happened, what what has happened on playoffs uh, this season, which one player do you think has increased his uh, dynasty value the most through the season playoffs? I think it was actually Samaji Pirine. Uh, when push came to shove throughout the playoffs in the Bengals conference championship game against the Chiefs, for no reason whatsoever, the Bengals actually allowed Pirine to outsnap, outtouch Joe yeah. Mixon. And for three consecutive games, literally in every game of the postseason, Pirine ran more routes and played more on third and fourth down than Joe Mixon. We also know that the Bengals now can save seven and a half million dollars this offseason by cutting Joe Mixon. And that Ooh. might seem extreme. That might seem yeah. extreme. As you said, oh yeah. But remember, <laughs> this is a this is a team built around Joe Burrow. And now totally. we have the T. Higgins extension two years out from happening. They're already going into talks this offseason, trying to work on a deal. We have yeah. the Joe Burrow extension and, and the Bengals and his agent already talking. Burrow's going to become one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. And then we have Jamar Chase three years down the road. And so if you ask yourself, who are the Bengals trying to prioritize three out of four, you go back to Burrow in the passing game overall. It's yes. a no-brainer. Exactly. P. Ryan is a free agent, but they know they can have him back, especially with the success he showed in place of Joe Mixon. Remember, yeah. he had 100 rushing yards against the Chiefs as well in place of Mixon earlier this year. I think they can have him back for quite cheap, and they can just use the money they have in cutting Joe Mixon. So that's yeah. one of my big predictions of the offseason. Wow. I'm a big Joe Mixon fan. Well, sure. for, just how, for, for 2021, I, I, I love him. Actually... The, the ones that hear my podcast put me a nickname that is Maurixson because I, I really was in love with him. I, I have him like my running back, uh, top five running back in 2021. I was right. But I'm with you. Mixon can be a cap casualty because of, of what you already said. You have to, the Bengals have to prioritize and they have to prioritize Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and T. Higgins. And like you also said, the Bengals are now one of the teams that most use the passing game in the whole NFL. So the running backs are replaceable. The Bengals can sign Samaj Perrine. They can uh, find another running back in the fourth, fifth round of the draft. And that's it. Mixon could be cut. Yeah, I I'm with you and totally. And remember, the franchise tag for running back this year is only $10 million. Um, I think we see Barkley probably slapped with it. I think we see Josh Jacobs maybe get it. Tony Pollard, after his injury, definitely get it. And so just imagine if those type of star running backs, what we consider to be star running backs, are getting only $10 million on the market. Just imagine, P. Ryan, you can probably have him back for you know, a year and three million, two years and five and a half million. It'd be, it'd be a luxury, honestly, at his age. So I think yeah. that's the way it's going right now for the Bengals' backfield market. And do you think Samaj Perrine, well, we have to wait, obviously, to free agency and mm -hmm. uh, draft. Do you think Samaj Perrine doesn't have any competition? Could be the workhorse of this, of this offense? Yes, I think they would trust him for that. The okay. Travion Williams, their fourth running back who they drafted previously, even though it was not Zach Taylor who drafted him, uh, is a free agent as well. So right now, you know, If nothing happened, they would be going through the regular season with Mixon and Chris Evans. Chris Evans also, who we like for his explosive uh, playmaking abilities. But again, if we're projecting that they cut Joe Mixon, then it would be P. Ryan Evans, and then maybe they probably add someone as a third string running back late in the draft. Right. Yeah, totally. I agree, John. Well, let's talk about Super Bowl 57, John. Uh, this is a, a rare one-game slate. Do you have 
any preference between playing DFS or prop bets for Super Bowl? Or do you play both and you don't care about it? I'm a degenerate. I play it all. <laughs> uh, it, it's, That's it's the, the answer one, I was expecting. That's the answer the, I was expecting, man. It's the one time a year, honestly, you get some wild, exotic, long shot yeah. bets that no other games offer. And so I just have fun with it. And I tell everyone, like, it's minus EV. There are a lot of dumb bets I promote on other shows. But I, but I, I just genuinely think as long as it's fun, it's like playing, you know, the $3 tournament on DraftKings, for example. Right. Like, you If you play that, Every week for the next 20 years of your life, there's a great chance you don't ever win. But are you having fun on those $3? That's what matters to me. And so, of course, I'm going to make some really dumb bets while also hopefully playing some intelligent DFS this week. Yeah, and the most important thing, having fun about it, right? You have to have fun about it. In DFS, you have a, a general approach or strategy for Super Bowl one game slate. It's tough because there are some big prize pools, some million-dollar tournaments to first place uh, on both sides, DraftKings and FanDuel. And it's tougher on FanDuel. It's almost – I'm not even kidding. I hope FanDuel doesn't sponsor this podcast. It's almost not worth playing there because they don't don't have the extra spots that DraftKings does. And so there's a much – a significantly greater chance you chop it up between – 50 to 150 of your friends at the top. And don't get me wrong. If I can chop a million dollars, 150 ways, I would much rather do that than lose my money. But on DraftKings, I feel like it's much (laughs) easier to to diversify your lineup and really go for the top. Try to be the the top 0.2%, not even 1%, because it's so top-heavy payout structured. And so, yeah, I think there are definitely ways to diversify yourself with that. Um, And that starts by, you know, unique builds. We already know that, both Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, Hurts in particular, are going to be the most popular captains. And so you start asking, yeah. how do you differentiate from everyone building like that? And maybe that includes Miles Sanders at captain to soak up rushing touchdowns. We saw that happen against the 49ers where Jalen Hurts wasn't even good in fantasy because Miles Sanders got the touchdowns right. all because – the 49ers didn't cover the running back on RPOs. They were so focused on sending Nick Bosa and the other DEs at Hertz on those RPO uh, option handoffs. And if that's the case again against the Chiefs, then Miles Sanders will have a big day just because he can rush for two or three touchdowns. So I like doing that. I like I like Justin Watson, um, Ed Juju Smith-Schuster, some unique stacks with Patrick Mahomes, uh, also stacking Mahomes with four different players, including his running back, maybe even both Pacheco and McKinnon. So, yeah, I like a lot of different options right now that I'm not seeing the field play a lot of. You know, a name that, that can be good for diversifying your, your roster, your, your build in DFS, I think could be Clyde Edwards-Hiller. He's active. Mm-hmm. He can snag a touchdown or two in, in the goal line, right? Yeah, and his his over-under in carries is four and a half, his prop bet. And I don't I actually don't think he'll go over that, but also we know the Chiefs get bored inside the 10-yard line. It's <laughs> it's capable of anyone scoring a touchdown there. Like right. it would not be shocking if we saw Travis Kelsey catch a screen pass and Clyde Edwards Layers running out from the backfield in front of him, and Kelsey then underhands the ball to a touchdown pass to, to CEH. That's how the Chiefs run their offense. And so of course. I think CEH can score a touchdown and he's only 1K on DraftKings. And also, as you said, a unique way to get exposure towards Patrick Mahomes because everyone's going to play Patrick Mahomes, but how many are going to stack the running back CEH with Mahomes? And that's the kind of, those are the kind of options we're looking at. If you go with Mahomes, John, you have to pair it with Kelsey. Like 
forced to pair with Kelsey or will you diversify with Dallas Gathered? Or you don't think it's it's a good play like to play like that? I'm likely playing Kelsey no matter what. I, I do yeah. think you you could play Kelsey and then hope that He gets a Super Bowl MVP, for example, because he has a Jaguars-like performance where, um, right. you know, against the Jaguars, he accounted for 14 catches. The rest of the team combined had 13 catches. And Mahomes only threw for 200 yards and a touchdown. Like, that's the way Kelsey usurps Mahomes and fantasy points significantly. And then with the rest of your lineup, you can captain Kelsey and then stack Eagles the rest of the way in hopes right. that Jalen Hurts is actually in a – a passing game up tempo mode rather than depending on the running attack. I, I will say I do like drawing a line in the sand and choosing either running backs and soaking up those touchdowns or Jalen Hurts in the passing game, because I don't okay. think both get there. Yeah, of course. And speaking about uh, options, the Philadelphia Eagles options, are you lining to AJ Brown or Devonta Smith? AJ Brown during playoffs, he's being really quiet. And no Philadelphia wide receiver has had more than 61 yards during playoffs. Only Devonta Smith against the Giants. Which one do you prefer? And are you willing to take one of those in your bills? I still prefer A.J. Brown. Remember, before the conference championship, it's the 49ers. Uh, he came out and we got the squeaky wheel narrative because he was a bit of a diva. And he was complaining a little bit about how he didn't get many targets against the Giants. And then literally right. the first play of the game, they schemed up a concerted target for him. They tried to get involved. He had two catches on the first drive. And then from that point forward, we saw, they saw that they're running back to have all the success in the world since the 49ers weren't covering their backfield. And so that's why Kenneth Gainwell still had a big day. Miles Sanders had the big day inside the red zone rushing for two touchdowns. And they, the Eagles literally didn't need Hurst to throw or the wide receivers to get open. They just weren't using them at all. And so I do like going right back to A.J. Brown, thinking they still understand he's the most important player in their passing game yeah, and will is. concertedly feed him. So that's my pick for sure over Devonta. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I prefer A.J. Brown. I think he, he could have a, a big game on Sunday. And speaking of Jalen Hurts, also his production has declined. He's injuring his shoulder in Week 15. It's a two-game sample, but the yards per attempt has been 6.8 against 8.1 during the season. This, this, uh, this is something that concerns you if you're willing to play Jared Hertz over Mahomes, even though that uh, uh, it doesn't seem right, right? It definitely concerns me, though. Uh, yeah. It's funny how everyone is quick to talk about Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury, even though he's coming off what I would argue is one of the best games of his entire career against the Bengals, right. given the fact that his his wide receivers, he lost three in game. They were down to I three know. healthy wide receivers, Marcus Kemp included, and Mahomes still threw for 326 and just went up and down the field on Cincinnati. Um, but at the same time, while everyone's quick to mention that, no one is mentioning Hurts' shoulder injury and how it might be just as bad as Mahomes' ankle injury even two weeks later. We saw him wincing against the 49ers after every hit when he ran the ball, for example. But to your point, it's larger than a two-game sample. Go all the way back to when he initially oh, yeah. injured his shoulder in right. week 15 against Chicago. And in that time, Hertz is three of 10, completed just 30% of his passes, 20 yards downfield. Whereas before that, 
through week 14, he had completed 42.5% of his passes, 20 yards downfield, which was the 12th best rate in the NFL. So his downfield explosiveness has also been poor since he injured his shoulder, and there's no guarantee that comes back in this game. And so while everyone is picking him over Mahomes and DFS, for example, and in props, thinking that he does have the higher rushing floor, and that's true, he does more so than Mahomes, uh, yeah, there, there, we really still have to question whether his arm is going to be even 80%. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and that's why I brought it up because no one is talking about that. Yeah, everyone is talking about Pat Mahomes' ankle. And like you said, we saw Pat Mahomes scramble a little bit in his last game, right? So I think that the ankle is better than probably everyone, uh, everyone expected. And, and what's also worrisome is... The Chiefs' defense has been amazing the last six games. That's also an overlooked aspect, and I think the true X factor in this one. Um, in their last six contests, the Chiefs are top six in both pressure rate and sack rate. They allowed five and a half yards per attempt to Trevor Lawrence. They just limited Joe Burrow to six and a half yards per attempt. Everyone, you know, the, the game gets overshadowed by Mahomes, of course, getting shoved out of bounds when he scrambled on fourth down, uh, thus moving Harrison Bucker closer to the game-winning field goal against the Bengals. But if we, like, ignore Joseph Asai's, like, blunder, like, remember, the Bengals had the ball twice with less than 10 minutes remaining in that game to go down and win the game, and they totaled 40 right. yards across those two drives. They couldn't do anything because Chris Jones, this Chiefs defense, is arguably playing as good, if not better, than the Eagles' defense right now. And so that is my, like, most important thing to monitor here because maybe the Chiefs defense just comes out and dominate. I think it's really a possibility. Wow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And because when when you the Super Bowl comes and the statics normally what we present it's like the whole season, right? And the, probably the Chiefs defense the whole the whole season wasn't great, but like you said, the last six games, they are amazing, an amazing unit and can cause trouble to Philadelphia offense and Jalen Hurts. We spoke about Philadelphia wide receivers. What about the Chiefs, John? Are you willing to bet on Juju Smith-Schuster being the most productive wide receiver on the other end with the Chiefs? I think the reason you would bet on Juju is simply because he has the best matchup. Like he's matched up in the middle against Avante Maddox, whereas the other two on the boundary, um, most likely we're looking at Justin Watson and Marquez Valdez Scantling against James Bradbury and Darius Slay. So two matchups you don't want to go against. That's why you would yeah. come back to Juju and say he can have success here. He also has been practicing in full since Wednesday. So I'd imagine he's back at full strength where, and we can also look to the last game and the conference championship and say Valdez Scanling only had success because three wide receivers around him went down. It wasn't just Tony. And on, remember on the first drive, Tony had two catches. They were featuring yep. him from the very beginning, and then he got injured. It wasn't just McCole Harbin who then got injured. It was also Juju who got injured as well. Uh, and so I think that's the only reason why MBS like went over 60 yards for the first time in two months. Uh, usually he hadn't been doing that at all. And so I don't mind – not only do I don't mind, I think it's best to fade MBS in this game and just take a chance on a Justin Watson dart because Justin Watson has been at least top two in routes run on this team in every game without McCole Hardman the last six, seven weeks. Uh, okay. he, didn't, he wasn't that last week because he was injured, but I think we're going to get him back to a full-time role as a team starting 
wide receiver and two wide sets. And so there's at least a chance, and which is why I'm not betting over his receiving yards prop, but I don't mind using him as a low roster dart in DFS, and I don't mind betting over his longest catch, which I believe is 10 and a half yards on most sports books right now, because he is a big play specialist. He doesn't get many targets, but he runs a lot of routes downfield. So yeah, yeah I, I do think I would bet on Juju and Tony and Watson in that order. Um, Tony, of course, because we saw that from the very first drive against the Bengals, they literally featured him underneath. And so right now his prop bet is 32 and a half total yards, rushing and receiving. And we know that's how they use him. They give him carries and targets. So I do like Tony as well. Yeah, uh, I, I love Kadarius Tony as well. Actually, we have a section of, to speak about X factors in, in, in both teams. Justin Watson, you just named one. I was missing him in my rundown, but I have Isaiah Pacheco that is not, yeah, he's known and he's been the primary back in this offense. Kadarius Tony, what about Sky Moore? You think he's not 100% of what we saw last week? Uh, the most snaps he has uh, been in uh, all year the most routes he wrote, uh, run all year. You think it's uh, safe to say that it's better to fade Sky Moore this, this, uh, for this one slate, the Super Bowl? I do, and we all want Sky Moore to be a thing, but we've seen when their entire receiver room has been healthy, Sky Moore yeah. just doesn't get used. He's always at the bottom of the totem pole. And since yeah. we're expecting Juju tony and justin watson back i just think sky Moore gets thrown at the bottom now we do know he returns punts and kickoffs so if you want to get a little crazy because it is a okay. one game large field yeah. you have uh, to get can, crazy yeah you can you can double dip you can play sky Moore and the chief's defense and you get double points if he happens to return a kickoff mm. or a punt return touchdown like that's 12 points literally for both your defense and sky Moore together uh right so not the craziest thing in the world especially since that would be his floor, like his ceiling would be that and getting used in the passing game. The thing is safe. I, I, I'm not thinking about Super Bowl, but for next season and beyond. It's safe to say that Sky Moore could happen someday in the future or we have to drop the shape, that, that the hype that we had for the Sky Moore in this offense. I wouldn't drop the hype like for Dynasty League necessarily just yet. Uh, I definitely wouldn't yeah. sell either because right now his stock is at its lowest point. Um, the Chiefs right. do have a couple free agents coming up. Remember, Judas Mishuster, Justin Watson are both free agents, and those are those are two players who are who are two out of the top three in routes run this year for the Chiefs. So uh, if Sky Moore happens to return as the team's slot receiver, McCole Hardman also is coming up in the last year of his contract. Of course, right. Moore could step right in. So I still have faith in Moore moving forward in 2023 and 2024. Patience. Patience, Patience, my friend. Patience. Which is the hardest thing. That's why it's a virtue. <laughs> yeah, of course. Totally. And speaking about X factors in the Eagles side, do you think it's Kenneth Gainwell or someone else? We have to remember that the Kansas City defense is a top 10 against the run. And like John said earlier, a top six defense or top five defense in the last six games. They They are playing better defense but what's interesting is that the metrics do have them on the surface as a top 10 run defense but we've seen when they've played actually above average competition they've leaked a bit of rushing production uh ken right. walker got them for 100 rushing yards in week yep. 16 samaji piran we already, already talked about in place of joe mixon last time these two teams played ran for over 100 yards josh jacobs got him for 100 earlier this year and so 
I, I do think there's a, a sneaky path for Miles Sanders having success and being the X factor here. I don't think he's going to be a factor whatsoever in the passing game because he hasn't been. Um, even in the playoffs, uh, he's only played two snaps in two games on third and fourth down. Third and fourth down has been strictly Kenneth Gainwell this entire time. <laughs> but as we said earlier, there's a real chance for Miles Sanders to win Super Bowl MVP all because, you know, the Eagles defense plays well and Sanders has two touchdowns. So I think he's yeah. actually the X factor here for the Eagles. Nice. Like it. Miles Sanders. And then we have to change our mind from DFS and some profits that we already said. I want you to share your three favorite prop bets for Super Bowl 57. John, they could be good prop bets or dumb prop bets if you want. Feel free to share everything you want here in this section. I got quite a few um, fun ones and some good ones. Let's start with the good ones because the good yeah. ones I consider what you should be betting. You know, the fun ones are the yeah. dumb ones that probably won't hit but are still yeah. fun to bet. You know what? Let, let's Let's not talk about three profits. Let's talk about five, six profits. Everything you want, man. Okay. So I think the good ones we start off with are Isaiah Pacheco over 14 and a half receiving yards because in the conference championship, remember, this is with, as we saw, Patrick Mahomes playing 60, 70% injured, and yet they trusted Pacheco to be the guy to pass protect and right. out-touch Jarrett McKinnon. Not only that, but that was the first time all year in that game against the Bengals that Pacheco ran more routes than Jarrett McKinnon as well. And so I, I think he's just going to be the 15 to 20 touch back in this game, given the usage we just saw, dominating usage over McKinnon. So I like Pacheco receiving yards quite a bit, especially because we saw Mahomes check down as well if his yeah. ankle is even slightly hammered. And so they could just be checking down to him yet again. And so I yep. still like that number for sure. Um, okay. You can another uh, sorry, John. Uh, uh, talking about Jerry McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, one funny thing that happened on opening night that mm -hmm. surprised me was Jerry McKinnon was on the big big boots and Isaiah Pacheco was on the floor, and I was like, why? Isaiah Pacheco should be over there. He's had a big game, and Jerry McKinnon was uh, uh, non. The usage was really really non-existent, but yep. Uh, it, 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 it was funny. That, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I also like Miles Sanders over, I believe books, you can shop it around, but I believe it's at 57, 58 rushing yards right now. Again, because yes, the Chiefs sneaky good run defense, but when they played good running attacks they have been leaky and this as we know is going to be the best rushing offense they faced all year so i do think miles sanders can have a lot of success here so i like betting miles sanders over rushing yards as well um okay a a, a fun one it's still available <laughs> on fanduel sportsbook in particular i like Kadarius tony plus 550 to get the first catch for the chiefs and that's an option uh and remember because that's what we saw against mm -hmm. The Bengals, as we talked about, they featured him on the first drive. And given that he can get both targets and carries underneath, I think there's a real chance, like the very first play, they just have him come out, run an underneath route, and throw him the ball. And the fact yeah. that he's getting the odds, fifth or sixth <laughs> best wide receivers, yeah, I, I like Tony a lot at plus 550 to get the first catch for the Chiefs. Nice. And then... Another one, Jim? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, then one more uh, bet or... Depending where you can bet, Bet Rivers is available in Chicago. I don't know if it's available in Arizona and Mexico. I don't know. But right now, a lot of books have an option for higher completion rate between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. And I do like Come Patrick on. Mahomes. 
I like Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> higher completion rate, and it's only minus 112. It's almost even money, honestly. And just the fact that <laughs> – yeah. See, yeah, that's it's a but great it, bet. But it's but it's easy money. It right? is easy. That's it seems I mean, to. yes. There is no guaranteed in betting. I don't want to be that person, but I, I, I think I, it's course, as close yeah. to a guarantee as we can get, <laughs> given the fact that, of course, it's Hurts who's dealing with the arm injury. And the fact that Mahomes, even if he's injured, as we saw against the Bengals, he can check down and he's going to have a 70% completion rate. So I like that one a lot. Nice. I I, I love that one. I don't know if, if we can play uh, in Arizona, I don't know. In Mexico, I'm sure that there's not, not available that that sports book. That's a shame because I, I wanted to pop up my website right right now and put the bet on because it's it's really yeah not easy money but almost guaranteed yeah of course and, and yeah, do no you have more, any other no funny more, one no oh, no more ahead, prop, no more prop bets but uh i will tell everyone i i do i am quite invested in the chiefs plus the points plus one and a half um okay. it's still obviously that's the line I still think it's the absolute best way to go. I think the Chiefs are the better team. Uh, and just the, the what's happening right now, the fact you're giving Patrick Mahomes points, um, I, that's the side I absolutely want to be on and am on. I, I sense you have a favorite for winning Super Bowl 57. I can I, tell yeah. you. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're giving Patrick freaking Mahomes points, I'm going to have a favorite, of course. That's easy. Of course, yeah. Can, would you... Might say a score for Super Bowl 57 to close up the, the, the this episode. I will go. So the over has already been bet up to 52, 52 and a half. Okay. Um, it, it opened around 48 and a half. It surged up yeah. a little bit, but that is getting to become a high number. And so I think it settles around 50 or 51. So I'll say, I'll say 27, 24 Chiefs. Okay, so it's going to be a close one. I think so. At the yes. end, it's going to be a close one. Okay. I, I think yeah. so. Okay, great. I I have the same score, but favoring Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, we're against each yeah. other. I'm sorry. To yeah, hear we're against each other. Yeah. That's okay. We can put a side bet if you want. I, like I think some I beer, think that some beers think in Canton. That that means I think that means, yes, a uh how about we bet a local IPA six pack? For Ken, I'll bring it. Done. I'll bring it from Illinois. You bring it from Mexico, uh, and Done. that's what we're betting on this game. Done. We love we it. got it. Of course, I, I love it, <laughs> John. It was a pleasure to having you in the Study of Fantasy podcast. It was my honor. I'm glad we got to do it. Let's do it again this yeah. off season. I know. Yeah. Uh, yes. Of course. I, I've got to get you in the Study of Fantasy podcast uh, uh, anytime. It's pleasure what you know, what you bring to the table. It's it's really awesome. It's an honor to having you. So I, I'm really thankful to found uh, find a schedule coincidence in this Super Bowl week, and of course, off season you will be invited uh, uh, again. Thank you very much. I hope everyone enjoys the show, and I hope everyone enjoys the Super Bowl back in Mexico. Of course, of course. Amigos, pues muchísimas gracias por escucharnos. Ahí estuvo John Daigle con nosotros. Yo soy Mauricio Gutiérrez, analista de Fantasy Football. Disfruten el Super Bowl 57 y esto fue el Estadio Fantasy Podcast.